0: happy hour i am matthew henry your host alongside my co-host and brother ben henry how you doing today ben i'm doing great it's
1: it's thursday i got a new cocktail it's really big i'm, I'm excited to talk about it yeah i'm doing good
0: life couldn't get any better huh
1: Life couldn't get any better, and and there's actually been a major change in my life, but I agreed that I wouldn't talk about it for a while, so...
0: Yeah, I, you know, those it's... non-disclosure statements, you know, kind of a pain.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not, a, it's, it's not about my personal life. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's nothing like that.
0: That's right, you're not getting divorced. That's, yeah, that's, n- that's nothing like that, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's be clear. All yeah. right, all right. Well, hey, you know, we're all about the cocktails here on Giant Cocktail Happy Hour, but before we get into that... I do have a question for you. Okay, okay. This is one of those would-you-rathers, and I'm hoping this would-you-rather makes you think a little bit.
1: Mm, Okay, I'm ready for it, but you can't surprise me.
0: What would you rather find in your attic? Mm. 1,000 cockroaches (laughs) or a strange man living there? Uh,
1: uh, (laughs) I was definitely going to go with the second one. As soon as you said a thousand cockroaches, I was going to be like the second one. Whatever that is. Ooh, wow. You know that that's really creepy dude because that happens, right? That happens to people. Yeah. I mean, they they they, you know, they they find somebody. But now with you know it's like now that people have all these cameras, it doesn't happen quite as often, but but yeah, I mean that does happen to people. Hmm. Let me think about this for a second. A thousand cockroaches are some weirdo. Okay. Okay. I have an answer and I think it's going to surprise you.
0: Okay. What is it? I want the weirdo. Because,
1: really? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Like the answer to, to like, how am I going to get rid of this is, is more clear. Right, and I, and I figure I have two options. Yes. I have two options to, to deal with that problem. And, and I know that the problem is going to be resolved today. Right? I Correct. don't have to go yes. to sleep tonight thinking that there's going to be a thousand cockroaches in my attic. And now I have to deal with that. Right? And, and I'm not going to feel like I can hear them scurrying around. Now, I grant you, it's pretty creepy to find a human in there. And so you might feel that way anyway. But here's my thinking. My thinking is, I can call the cops, they'll come and immediately, you know, sirens blaring, and, uh, you know, and the cops in my town, you know, they, they don't, I mean, they actually do get a surprising amount to do now that I think about it. Hmm. Anyway, fastest growing city in California. And, um, you know, we we added people where the rest of California didn't. Anyway, they would kick down the door and they'd run up the stairs and they'd have to run up two flights to get to the, you know, what my, it's, it's really a crawl space. It's where the air conditioner is, you know, it's not so much an <laughs> attic. And they would kick that in. Well, actually, would they have to pry it open. It's really hard to get in there. And, uh, and then they would arrest him or, or I take my home defense device mm-hmm. and I utilize it on him. Yes, and then then I call the cops, right? And um, you know, uh, I'm not condoning any sort of home defense devices, or even implying that I have any. But that would be one way to deal with it. And I think it would be it would be like, can you imagine trying to like use your home defense device on a thousand cockroaches? (laughs) That's like a lot of ammo, dude, and a lot of of holes, right? (laughs) Like. You know, I mean, maybe I'm getting a little too dark here, but still see, it's a much it's a much easier job to deal
0: with. Right. And then you're done. You can go have a cocktail.
1: That's right. That's right. And then maybe you double down on some like um, more sensible forms of harm, home security like alarms and locks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I, I get you. I think for me, I I actually, too, would choose the stranger uh, just because I hate bugs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. I actually kind of had a similar scenario actually happen to me. And not quite in that way. But when I bought my current home, oh. I was doing the final walkthrough with my realtor. Mm-hmm. And we were walking through all the rooms, looking at everything, making sure everything was good. And what we did notice when we walked into the house was that the door to the garage had been kicked in. Oh. And we assumed that it was teenagers because the house had been vacant for a while. And right. so we assumed some teenagers had been in there partying As or whatever. and. Exactly. And so we were like, well, owner's going to have to pay for that before we close, you know, and, uh, and then we're walking through and we get through my master bedroom, go into the master, uh, the ensuite bathroom. And at the end of the bathroom is our master closet of which I am in right now. Okay. And I went to open the door and it wouldn't open. And and I turn so I turn the knob and I'm pushing and I realize that the pressure that I can't open it because something is at the bottom because the top is moving, mm. but the bottom is not. And it's at that point I realize that there's somebody's foot on the other side of that door. <laughs> and and all of a sudden the guy at the same time that I'm realizing that I hear just a minute my and then my my realtor was an older kind lady i turned to her my eyes must have been so big and i said run And so she like (laughs) running down the hall, I'm running after her and I'm like, we're calling the cops. Right. And I come running down the street. I pull out my phone. I'm dialing 911 as we're running down the stairs. We go out the front door. I turn around. The guy's following us, but he doesn't go out the front door. He japs out the back way. Right. So I call 911. I tell the operator what's going on. I give him a description because the guy was wearing like a bright colored shirt. So that's all I saw. Mm hmm. And, and I knew that he went out the back and he had jumped the fence out right. the back. And so within like two minutes, man, police cars are like yeah. rushing up. Yeah. And then one of them says, oh, he's on the backside. So they go flying around the back. And long story short is they they got him. Right. And I had to go. I had to get in the back of a car and a police car and drive over and identify him as they had him right. in cuffs on the on the, the sidewalk. And right. I said, yeah, that's the dude. And, um, and then when I moved in, like two weeks later, I had to remove all of his clothing and stuff that was still still in the uh, drawers in our bathrooms and all that there. sort of stuff. Yeah. He, was he was squatting there, yeah. There. And, uh, yeah, so that was, you yeah, know, it was quite unnerving. See, but, it, uh, hey, uh, like like you said, at least we dealt with it and it was over.
1: Right, you know, right. He, well, that's interesting because, you know, he could have declared squatters rights and then you'd probably still be trying to get him out of the building. That's true. Although, that's I guess, I guess yeah. if it was pre, like, I guess he probably would have just voided the sale at that point. So, mm-hmm. that would have been the previous owner's problem. Would right? have been my problem. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it would have
0: been my problem that I don't have a place to live. That's but, yeah, true. You have to have go been.
1: buy a new house, right? Because, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, hey, when the cops burst out of the of the cop cars, did like a lot of like, you know, fast food stuff come flying out with them?
0: No, they were p- complete professionals. In wow. fact, one went in with gun drawn. The other one followed him with his gun and his holster. And they like swept the entire house before they would even let me in to make sure that it was totally clear, even though I had already done that. Right. Like, un- right. Because <laughs> but, that's exactly uh, yeah, they, what
1: you were there to do. You were exactly. there to sweep the house.
0: Yes, yes. we have gone room by room, closet by closet. It was the very last one that the guy was in. So anyway. Anyway, it's just wow. an interesting story. This is why they're coming to Giant Cocktails Happy Hour. You have a few drinks, you tell a few stories. That's right. That's but right. you know, hmm. I, I think it's time that we probably talk about the cocktails. Let's get into the
1: cocktails. Let's do it.
0: All right. And I, I'm I'm excited about my cocktail today. Today, I, I'm going to go first because last week you, you had the honor of going first. Yeah, by all means. So... I brought, I'm bringing to the podcast tonight a gin-based cocktail called The Spice Trade. And what is a spice trade? It is two ounces of gin, three-quarter ounces of lemon juice, three-quarter ounce of cinnamon simple syrup, and then four to five basil leaves. And you throw all those into a cocktail shaker. You lightly muddle the basil leaves and then add ice and shake it for about 10 to 12 seconds. Double strain it into a coupe and you have a really nice, uh, refreshing, uh, slightly spiced uh, gin drink. And it is very lovely. Uh, The gin that I am using today... Is a local uh, Sonoma County gym, gin uh, by Yo- Young and Yonder called Hobbs, which, if you read the back of the bottle, stands for Harbor of Broken Souls. And what's unique about this Ooh, gin? Creepy is that it, it's a hundred proof, and uh, it's it's so it's got a kick to it. Uh, the Harbor of Broken Souls is in reference to the naval, the history of gin and the navy. And it's got a very elaborate drawing on the front, artwork on the front of it. I actually went and visited the distillery today, and had the pleasure of kind of talking with uh, uh, the the tasting manager about it, and and uh, loved the gin. And so I'm bringing that uh, to today. And as I was preparing this drink, it's you know it's very similar to you know a traditional sour, even right. It's got two parts uh, spirits, three quarter part. Uh, sweetener, three quarter part uh, lemon juice, and and so you know in some ways it's almost like a gimlet, except, you know gimlets got lime juice, uh, and then and regular simple syrup. It's the gin. It's the What's gin that? daiquiri. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's a great great cocktail. Uh, it's also similar to maybe a Clover Club or a Bee's Knees, where you're just subbing out a different sweetener. And and that's what actually what I what I love about cocktail making is that you can take these templates and make one little switch. You know, in this case, cinnamon simple syrup turns a, you know what a, a regular cocktail into something very different. Uh, so it gives it another layer of depth that that uh, that the other a traditional one didn't have. And then you can add even more with the herbs. Yeah, you know, so the basil even adds a little bit of this herbaceous uh, kick to it that that really brightens the the cocktail as well. Uh, so you know that that's kind of what I think is most fun. I think for me in this cocktail journey is you start to learn. You know, especially at the beginning, you're like, "Well, these are the cocktails," and you follow the recipes, and then you start to learn that there's this kind of uh, template of you know two parts spirit, one part sweetener, one part uh, uh, sour. And there's so many different variations in within those three parts. And this is a very nice variation of that. Uh, so... And then, and then also the different types of gins, even. Uh, I tried this earlier in the week with a, uh, with a Venus, uh, distillery, uh, gin from Santa Cruz, which Ben was kind enough to give me after he was drowning in gin. And, uh, and I, I was able, that was a very nice cocktail, but also had a very different, uh, profile because it had a little bit more, uh, floral kind of stuff to it. And, uh, uh, so, y- Gin, especially, there's so many different uh, ways of kind of uh, that distillers will impart flavors. I mean, there's the juniper base, but then all the different variants of the of the different. Uh, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, all the little uh, varietals or botanicals, that's the word, botanicals that they put in there, uh, really create their own unique blend of gin, and uh, so each cocktail makes it a little bit different. So I could have another one with an entirely different gin tomorrow, and it will still give me a a different flavor that will probably be just as yummy. So that's what I'm bringing today is uh, the spice trade.
1: Oh, that spice trade sounds very, very, very... um very, very, uh, intricate, you know, delicate. Um, you, you, people may remember if, if you listen to, uh, previous incarnations of this show that prior to the rum, um, I'm going to say rum run that I've been on. Yes. <laughs> um, I was buried in gin. I, gin was probably my go-to spirit at the time. And, um, and yes, I mean, and, and I like rum in a lot of ways. um, it is. It comes in many of these different varieties. Now, a London dry rum does. Ha- sorry, dry gin does have some sort of restrictions around what it has to have. Right. It has to have at least fifty-one, or at least fifty percent, or it has to be more than half of the botanicals in it have to be juniper. Yeah. Right. Which is a very very distinct and kind of aggressive flavor. Right. So, the, yeah. the, so London dry gin is very distinctive, but there are other kinds of gin. Uh, particularly um, American gins, uh, these these newer gins, they don't, you know, um, they don't follow that rule. They certainly use jun- juniper as as one of the botanicals, but they have a wide variety in that. Um, and as well, there's like Plymouth gin and and Old Tom gin, and those don't necessarily follow those same rules either. So yeah, you can get a very, very different cocktail simply by swapping out those different gins. And it's actually a really easy way to get acclimated with all of the different varieties within within the gin world, it's the same way as I've been doing it with the rums, right? So, right, uh, yeah. very cool, very cool. Well, um, is it my turn? Is that do I go now? Is that is that how we I, do this? I
0: guess so. Right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, unless you want me to keep talking, um, I, I don't know. Uh,
1: nah. nah.
0: No, I want to right. turn. Right. I want to turn. Okay. All right. Uh, well, Ben, hit me like a hurricane.
1: <laughs> I will. I will hit you like a hurricane. Um, Because that's what I'm drinking. Today I am drinking one of the all-time tiki classics, The Hurricane. And, you know, I've been doing this tiki thing for a while. and And I think as I've gotten deeper and deeper into tiki, what I've realized is that you could do this for the rest of your life and probably never find the bottom of it. And I think one of the main things that I was trying to pursuing when I started this whole, this whole um, uh, voyage was to, well, I wanted to do two things. One, I, I like Tiki. I like tiki and I wanted to understand like kind of like just what that meant and what makes something tiki. But also I just wanted to dive deep into a different spirit, right? And so I, I thought rum is like one of those spirits that, that I really enjoy. It seems to have a wide variety and selections. And I thought a really easy, good way to, to learn more about rum would be to go into tiki. And it certainly has helped me do that. Like I know way more about rum than I did when I started this voyage like eight months ago. Um, that being said, you know, I, I am getting a little, I am getting a little, um, I've got the itch, you know, Matthew, I've got the itch. I want to start exploring other cocktails again. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to decide, you know, now that we're doing this new show, like, I feel like I, I want to have, I want to tell a story. And so I think what I want to do over like the next few weeks is kind of like finish up the tiki exploration, Right. And maybe please, at least in terms of God,
0: finish it, <laughs> finish it up,
1: maybe at least in terms of the show, if not in terms of my own personal life. Um, and so I thought the first thing that I would do is I, I got to finish off the classics. Right. And it's kind of funny because I kind of avoided all of the classics. I drank a lot. Yeah, You're going
0: for obscure. Yeah, You're going for different ones
1: and the Missionary's downfall and and all that sort of stuff, which was great and a lot of fun. Uh, but, you know, the typical tiki drinks are the Mai Tai the zombie, the pina colada. I saw a lot, of, a lot of references to these large bowls, which I think one of the most popular ones is the scorpion bowl, um, and uh, uh, and then of course there's the hurricane. And until a few weeks ago, the only one of those I'd ever had done on the show or is uh, is the zombie. Yeah. And uh, even that was fairly recent. So uh, so yeah. So I, I I knocked off the zombie. I knocked off the mai tai. And now I'm into the hurricane and um, hold on one second. Oh, that is so tasty. Now, part of this exploration was figuring out what is tiki all about. And tiki is about a lot of things. And I think I will talk more about that in later episodes. But I, but I think right now, like my understanding, of tiki is a couple of things. If you're just gonna, if you're gonna build a tiki cocktail, let's say you're making a cocktail for a bunch of friends at a party, and you're only making one cocktail, if you're gonna call it tiki, it has to have rum, it has to have lime, it has to have more than one rum, right? Because that's a big hallmark mm. of tiki is blending different rums together to create a new thing, which of course just opens up so many uh, opportunities to explore. Um, so that's that's one part of it. Uh, the other part of it is it's outlandish, it's big. And by big, I mean, it's got a lot of booze in it, right? These guys all pack a serious punch. And that is definitely one of the hallmarks of the hurricane. So most of the recipes I saw, and I did see a few that were modified down, but most of the recipes that I saw are really combining four ounces of rum, essentially creating a double, right? This is really two cocktails in one glass. And I don't know. I I guess the hurricane glass was invented for this cocktail. I didn't I didn't research that. I probably should have now that I think about it. But I don't have any hurricane glasses. So I'm drinking this out of a pint glass. But that's a really large glass. Right. And so you got to have enough liquid to fill it. And still be a flavorful cocktail. So so I, I do think that the four ounces are at least warranted in that. But this cocktail packs a serious punch. And so, so what is the recipe? Well, the recipe that I'm using today, which is pretty close to your standard template, is two ounces of dark rum. Now, I am using the Plantation Stiggins Fancy Pineapple that I used last week. Uh, that is a dark rum, but it is a pineapple-flavored dark rum, and that is definitely not traditional, right? This, this cocktail does not traditionally have pineapple flavor in it,
0: but, you know. But, but if you've got pineapple rum, you should use it in a drink That's like right. This. That's right. This is the perfect
1: place to use it, and I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I enjoyed it so much last week. I'm going to stick with it. It's a dark rum. It satisfies that requirement. And then I got to put in my favorite rum, which is the Probitas. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorites right now, the Probitas White Blended Rum. Um, And so I had two ounces of each of those. And then I put in an ounce of orange juice. And then really the hallmark flavor in this cocktail is passion fruit. So I have an ounce of passion fruit syrup. And that is playing the role of the sweet in here. Obviously, the orange juice is bringing a little sweet with it. Um, And then I put in half an ounce of lime juice. Again, that's because I am not a big fan of the sour component. Uh, I like it to be a little bit sweeter. Um, But that's also because um, the orange juice is bringing a little bit of tartness with it as well. Um, And then I put in half an ounce of grenadine mainly for color, right? So this might be a little sweet on the sweet end, even for me, the way I, I cooked this up. Um, so you might want to uh, pull back on maybe the passion fruit uh, syrup or just add a little bit more lime um, to, your, to your tastes. Uh, and then I shook all of that on ice, and then I strained it into a pint glass of, of fresh ice. And then, you know, another part of Tiki Matthew, um, besides the uh, questionable cultural appropriation, is uh is outlandish garnishes. And mm. um uh, in this particular case I took a wheel of an orange, I took a wheel of a lime, and by wheel I mean I sliced the orange in half and then I cut off a thin circular uh section disc, disc and that's called a wheel, right? It's not like I, I, I didn't I didn't carjack an orange and steal its car wheel. <laughs> and I did the same thing with a lime, and I stacked those on top of each other. And then I got a, uh, a, 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 a I found this at, uh, at the liquor store. I found flowers, edible flowers, which we learned about, like, what? Was that last week or two weeks ago? I think it was two weeks ago, and, um, or two shows ago. And uh, it's an edible flower soaked in syrup. And then I put that on the end of there. And uh, it, it's it's quite well. There you go. You can tell everybody what it
0: looks. I mean, it's a little. It's falling it's, off. It's falling really off. impressive. When Ben sent me the photo, I was I was shocked that 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 flower really stands out. Yeah, and uh, we will put the photos up on our cocktail recipes on Instagram and uh, Twitter. So make sure you follow us at, at Giant Cocktails to to mm. check that out. Ben just put the entire flower in his mouth and is chewing. Mm-hmm. How does that taste? It's good.
1: Yeah, it was kinda g of a little gummy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um you kinda of had a like a Hmm like a familiar flavor in there. I'm trying to place it. I wanna say like nutmeg. Mm. I don't know, that was good. That was good. I'm so gonna... a
0: good compliment to the to the to the hurricane, huh? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to figure out what that was. Um and
0: we'll we'll, we'll put the type of flour that he used on the uh in the show notes, as well as the ingredients uh, page, when we do the, uh, the the recipes online, I didn't.
1: I didn't. Ex- I expected it to be awful. I really did.
0: Yeah, you were going to do it for shock value, and you actually liked yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was like, mm, I want to go eat another one now.
1: <laughs> anyway, there you have it. The hurricane, a classic. Oh, how does the cocktail taste? Fruity and rummy. Mm, just like just you'd expect like it. Should. Yeah. Yeah. It's dangerous, folks. It's dangerous. This is one of those ones where that passion fruit syrup really just kind of says, well, there's no alcohol in here, sir. So, also, for <laughs> sir I, don't have, I don't have any kind of sorts of rums. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about.
0: <laughs> well, I think the point that I want to you know, piggyback on when you talked about the, the acidity or the lime juice and you, you preferring a sweeter cocktail, uh, for those who are listening and maybe haven't you know, really jumped into your own home cocktail making. I think when I first started out, I really felt like I needed to follow the recipes that I saw online. And uh, and sometimes I liked those, and sometimes I did not. And over time, though, you begin to understand why. Uh, and, you know, as Ben has alluded to a couple times, you know, I think Ben and I both prefer kind of a sweeter cocktail. And so, if a particular recipe calls for a certain amount of, of acidity, you know, either lemon juice or lime juice or what have you, grapefruit. Uh, sometimes as simple as pulling back a little bit on on the on the recipe to suit your taste uh, will will really enhance the the experience for you and you're not making this for anyone else you don't need to imp- impress like someone else this is for you so by all means feel free to you know tweak even the recipes that we throw up there if you're just if you're like no i want a bitter more sweet, uh, tart you know, flavor will then add more lime juice. You know that's definitely something that you can do to to suit your own palates and uh, and encourage you to do so, because that's one of the fun parts about doing this whole home mixology thing.
1: Absolutely agreed. It is your cocktail. Nobody gets to tell you what you like. and uh, And that is absolutely one of the great things about making cocktails at home. I like my cocktails sweet. So sue me. Um, by All the right. way, it is a wild hibiscus flower in syrup that is what it is I believe
0: as opposed to a uh, a domesticated hibiscus flower well,
1: I mean you know I don't know like what does that mean maybe they, they go out in the wild grew and in a greenhouse is, is not is is you know <laughs> is a, a a factory wildflower one that is not allowed to to range and, and roam around and, and play with its friends that would be not a wild hibiscus these are these are grass-fed right. uh, free range hibiscus well, even more Ron than that, Blimey. they're more than that. They're wild. Yeah.
0: Right? They yeah. Were, they, and, and I just, I'm wondering, like, do they send children out to pick them? Cut them down in like, their prime? Know, Absolutely.
1: The... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a massacre. It's a hibiscus massacre. But you know what? It's all, and all good in the end because we get a, a very sweet, and I, they claim it tastes like raspberries, which I guess I could kind of see, and rhubarb. I'm like, okay. I don't, I don't really get the rhubarb flavor, but that's good because I don't like rhubarb. But anyway, I totally agree. I you, the whole point of of learning how to make cocktails is is to make them so that you like them, right? And um, I mean, over time, you know, I, I think what you'll find is, is that you gravitate towards a spirit and and you want that spirit to stand out, right? And so, so you might find yourself pulling back on on both on uh, many of the other components in the cocktail. Uh, but if you do that too much, then suddenly you're not making cocktails anymore. Now you're just making a bunch of old fashions, which are wonderful. but
0: Very wonderful. Uh, in fact, I've been known to do a few old fashions on our show. Uh, just a few. And so... <laughs> All right, well, we're getting to the end here. Uh, just so you know, rem- reminder to those of you who listen to Giant Cocktails, uh, we will be bringing these... Uh, these cocktails to next week's show on Monday. So uh, go out and get the ingredients and join us with uh, with a hurricane or a uh, a spice trade, and hopefully you can sip along with us uh, next week when you are listening to to next week's podcast. Uh, don't have to tell you, spring training is now full on. We've got lots of stuff to talk about. So you know, join us on Monday with your cocktails and uh, and we'll talk baseball. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh,
1: yeah, well done, Matthew. <laughs> what a great show. Um, hey, pe- remember, you're supposed to close this right. Out. I, hey, I folks, know you're, uh... hey, folks, find us on Mastodon and Twitter and Instagram. Matthew puts up the recipes there. He puts a lot of hard work into it. Uh, maybe you could like some of those recipes, maybe get them to double digits. I think that'd make him feel better. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, um, I've had a great time talking. Um, I'm the more handsome brother, and um, it's been a great show, Matthew. Um,
0: up until that last part.
1: Cheers, <laughs> my friend.
0: Cheers, Ben. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.